Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. in church. Amen. Somebody smile at me. That's hard for some of you. Let's try that again. Show me them pearly whites. Nice. Amen. There's no place I'd rather be. Ruth chapter 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon, and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. 
And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the women was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. That's important. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again. My daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth, somebody say, but Ruth, clave unto her. Ruth, Ruth clave, clung to her, refused to leave her, refused to be parted from her. Amen. Somebody say amen. In verse 21, I went out full. And the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned. Somebody say she returned. And Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Amen. Lay your Bibles down this morning. Lift your hands to the Lord. Ask the Lord to speak to us today. God, we need you this morning, Lord. We're thankful for your word. God, I pray that there would be clarity in the spirit, Lord. God, cause us to see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear, understand what we need to understand. God, I pray that your anointing would flow in this house, God, unrestricted and unrestrained, Lord. The type of anointing that destroys yokes, God, destroys negative mindsets, Lord. I pray that there would be a prophetic utterance in this house, Lord. I pray that there would be an unction, Lord, of the Holy Ghost, God, that would lead us straight to the truth of your word. And God, will give you all of the praise, the honor and the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. in the presence of the Lord. 
Amen. How many of you have ever read the book of Ruth? It is a it is a powerful story and uh, an encouraging story. I, I realized this morning that we read the first chapter. Amen. But there's more to the book of Ruth than just the first chapter. Somebody say amen. But how many know that we need the first chapter? Amen. The first chapter put puts everything, uh, the, the details of the story, it, it puts the setting of the story, it, it sets all the details and the things that have happened. Amen. I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that have happened, but we need to understand that just because things maybe didn't turn out the way that Naomi thought they would turn out doesn't mean that the hand of the Lord is not on her life. Amen. We have to understand that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, so is his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts than, than our thoughts. He sees what we don't see and he understands what we can't possibly understand. Amen. How many know that we only have the ability to see just right in front of us, the moment that we're living in. We can we can look back in the past and the road that we have traveled and we can look in our right now, in, in, in our moment that we're living in this morning, in our, in our present circumstances and setting and life and, and we can see what's happening there, but we don't have the ability to look down the road. We don't have the ability to see what tomorrow is going to bring. Come on, somebody. We don't have the ability to go an hour ahead and see without the help of the Lord. The only way that we can step into our tomorrow is if there is a prophetic word from the Lord that he gives us insight into where we're going or what we're doing. Amen. And so sometimes living life is, is living life looking through a glass darkly. Amen. There's some things that we're able to comprehend and there's some things that we're able to make out and there's some things that we're able to understand but there's a lot of things around us that, that, that we cannot understand and, and that we cannot foresee and we cannot foreknow. Come on, amen. Life happens to everybody. It rains on the just and on the unjust. Come on, bad things just don't happen to bad people. How many know that bad things happen to good people? Amen. We're in the church this morning and we're hoping for the best for our lives. We're praying for the blessing of the Lord. But ultimately, I have to understand that my life is in his hands. Amen. My life is in his hands. Come on. My future is in his hands. And I need to I need to aspire to try to do the will of God in my life. Come on. I don't know about anybody else, but I want the blessing of the Lord upon my life. I want the blessing of God upon my family. I want it upon the, the, the path that I travel. I want to do the will of God. Somebody say amen. How many want to do the will of God? Sometimes in life it's hard to know. It's hard to know what's God's will and what's not. Sometimes it's hard to discern the, what path I should take, the decision that I should make. Amen. Too many times in our lives, and I just want to—I just want to mark this as as the main point of this message. We can never depend on. 
our carnal circumstances to dictate the path that we choose. We cannot ever allow the emptiness of our natural circumstances to dictate the path that we choose. Come on, or ultimately weigh on the decisions that we make. Amen. We look at this story this morning and we see uh, Elimelech. Elimelech is just a, uh, an ordinary guy. He's from Bethlehem. He's living in Bethlehem. Somebody say Bethlehem. Bethlehem, if you look up the name of the word Bethlehem, it means the house of bread. We know that names mean something in the Bible. Amen. When you read your Bible, don't just read your Bible. You need to study your Bible. Amen. Because everything has a reason. Everything has a purpose. God puts it in there for a reason. Amen. Every name has a meaning. And the meaning means something to the story. Somebody say amen. Bethlehem was the house of bread. Prophetically, the house of bread. Amen. That was the meaning of the place that they lived in. It was the house of bread. Amen. It was a prophetic meaning. They understood the meaning of Bethlehem. They understood why it was called Bethlehem. It was the house of bread. But it would ultimately be the house from which Jesus Christ came. How many know he's the bread of life? Amen. It was the house of bread. It was a place where God's prophetic word lived. It was a place where the word of God was, well, was imminent. Amen. It was superior in that land. It was superior in the people of that land. Amen. But there was a famine that arose in the land. Somebody say there was a famine. When a famine occurs, it means there's no rain. Amen. If that sounds familiar, don't it? We haven't had rain for a while. They're saying there's rain in the forecast. In Jesus' name, let it be. Our garden needs rain. Amen. You know, when it don't rain, nothing grows. When it don't rain, things die. Amen. Things that we're living die. Crops die. Animals die. Sickness prevails. Come on, there begins to be pestilence in the land. Amen. Sickness and disease and, and, and all that's brought on by a lack of rain or a lack of substance or sustenance for that which has life. Everything that has life needs water. And when there's no water, things die. Amen. And so they were living in a time or a season when things were dying. They were living in a season. Amen. We got to be careful about, about drawing conclusions about our lives based on seasons. We got to be careful about, about saying that just because it's this way now, that it's always going to be that way. Come on. We got to be careful about, about, about making big decisions in moments when we don't feel like our needs are being met. Somebody hear me this morning. Amen. I'm preaching to somebody today. We got to be careful. There was, there was famine. The whole land was underneath the famine. Not just Bethlehem, but the whole land. And you know, when there's famine in the whole land, the whole land's affected by it. Come on, it rains on the just and the unjust. And in this situation, it don't rain on the just and the unjust. Amen. 
just because there was a famine does not necessarily mean that somebody did something wrong. Come on, there's seasons. There's seasons in life. There's seasons where things prosper and flourish and there's seasons where things live and where there's plenty and there's seasons where things uh, die. There's seasons where there's a lack of rain and there's a lack of substance and there's a, there's a lack of uh, what we feel like that we need. Come on, but how many know that regardless of what season that we go through or that we are in currently in our lives, that the God that we serve is the same God of the harvest as he is of the famine. Come on, the God that we serve is, is the same God. Just because you're going through a struggle in your life doesn't mean that he's forgotten about you, doesn't mean that he's, he's left you, it doesn't mean that he stepped off of his throne and he doesn't have the power anymore. The fact of the matter is you're going to go through situations and circumstances in your life where you're going to have to put your faith in God. You're not going to be able to put it in the harvest. You're not going to be able to put it in the fruit. You're going to have to put it in God. Come on, there's nothing that challenges our faith like emptiness. There's nothing that challenges our faith like lack. Amen. They found themselves in a famine, and in a famine there's lack, and they found themselves experiencing the same lack that everybody else was. Amen. So they made a decision. I hear that it's good in Moab. It's raining in Moab. It's prospering in Moab. Why don't we just go to Moab? Why don't we just go where it looks like everything is grand? Come on. Why don't we go to Moab? Why don't we step out from where we're at and go to where it looks like it's good? Come on, somebody. Amen. You ste they stepped out of the house of bread and they went to Moab. They didn't plan on staying there for a long time. They sojourned, the Bible says. Sojourn means to stay somewhere temporarily. Okay, so uh, their plan was, I'm going to go down here just for a little while and, and I'm going to wait till things get a little bit better. And then I'm going to go back. I'm going to I'm going to go down here where where uh, they're flourishing, where there's there's plenty of what I need for my natural life. Amen. Because when we allow our natural circumstances to dictate, when we have emptiness in our natural life and carnal things in our life, what are those things? When we have a lack of money. When we have a lack of maybe human contact or human affection, when we have a lack of things that we feel like that we need in the moment that we're living in, and we look across the border and we see uh, over in Moab, you know Moab was a godless country? Moab was a place where they worshiped idols? Come on, Moab was a place where uh, it's, it's named after the son of Lot's daughter that she had from having... Uh, an intimate relationship with her dad. Okay, so Moab was born from an incestuous relationship. She tricked her dad into sleeping with her, and Moab was born. 
Come on, we have to realize where things come from, amen. We have to realize that just because it looks good on the other side doesn't mean that it is. And just because they seemingly have everything that they need, you have to realize that our life is in God's hands, amen. Don't allow your carnal circumstances to allow you to step outside the church or the house of bread to try to find what you need. Because I come to tell you this morning, it's not there. It will ultimately leave you empty. Man, Elimelech made the decision, he and Naomi, and they took their family, and they went to Moab. They, they left the house of bread. They left the church. They left the place where the prophetic lived. They left where the word of God was prevalent. They left the people of God, come on, that were struggling. Come on. Now, how many know that when the people of God are struggling, we need to struggle together? Come on, if we're flourishing, we need to flourish together. But when we're struggling, we need to pull together. I don't. We don't need people in our midst that are going to step out the moment that things get hard or leave the church just because things aren't going right in their life. We need some people with some consistency. Come on, with some strength, with some fortitude, with faith and believing that my life is in God's hand, God's hands, and I'm going to believe Him for what I need. Somebody say, "Amen." When they left, they, they left their inheritance. Because God deals with inheritance. It's more than just what you have in your hands. Come on, your life is about more than what you can see with your eyes or grasp with your natural hands. Amen. There is an inheritance that we have with God that far exceeds anything that we can grasp with our hands or see with our eyes. Come on, somebody. You might Your belly might be full naturally, and you're empty on the inside, and none of that stuff means anything if you don't have Jesus. Come on. But you can have Jesus, and you can have a lack of those things around you, but you can still feel full on the inside. Paul said, I have learned that in whatever state I'm in, to be there with to be content. Whether I abound, I'm content. Or whether I'm abased, I can tell I'm content. Because I realize that the God that I served is able to meet the need that I have. And if he's allowed me to be abased, there's a reason for it. And if he's allowed me to, to abound, there's a reason for it. I'm not going to get too highs with the highs or too lows with the lows. Because regardless of where I'm at, God is the God of the mountain, but he's also the God in the valley. your neighbor and say, he's the God of the bad times. Amen. He's there when it doesn't seem like it's going well. Come on. In fact, if you're in the church and things just aren't going exactly the way, you're better off than people that are in the world where things are seemingly great. The worst day in the church is better than the best day in the world. Some of us forget how we felt when we came to the Lord. Amen. We need a reminder of what God brought us out of. Come on, the wounds and the pain and the emptiness and the heartache and the, the sorrow that we were in when God found us, the emptiness that he washed away when he gave us, let, let us drink of his spirit. Amen. There, that was a miracle that he pulled me out of the mess that I was in. I can never forget where God brought me from. Somebody say Amen. Well, this living for God stuff just don't work. You ever heard anybody say that? It works. 
Limelech and, and Naomi went to Moab. And they weren't there very long. And Elimelech dies. They, they made a plan to just, just for a, a season, just for a, a small amount of time. We're going we're gonna to sojourn. We're just going to stay there for a little bit, and then we're going to go back home. <laughs> Amen. I'm just going to get what I need for this moment, and then I'm going to go back home. Bethlehem don't want to have what I need for this moment, so I'm going to go to Moab to get what I need for this moment in my life, and then I'm going to go back. But the problem with that is they didn't want that to be permanent. They were just going to stay there for a little while, but hear me this morning. What we want for just a moment can have lasting and eternal effects. What we want in a moment of weakness can have effects on your life and the people around you that last eternity. Elimelech lost his life. Naomi was left alone. She had her two sons. They end up standing for 10 years. A short stay turned out to be 10 years. That's a decade. That's a long, that's a long time. Somebody say, that's a long time. It's a long time to live in Moab. Amen. And her two sons die. And now she's left alone with her and her daughter-in-laws. Amen. They left the house of bread to go to Moab because their carnal circumstances seemed empty. But in the process, they lost, she lost things that were extremely valuable to her. Amen. Because sin has, is no respecter of persons. Come on, it doesn't matter what family name that you have, what family you came out of, what your socioeconomic status is. Come on, it doesn't matter how, how highly you're regarded in the community or, 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 or if you're, your name is Chrisman or your name is Smith or whatever it is. Sin is sin no matter who it's in. And it's going to have the same impact and effect when we allow it into our lives. Come on, where lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. There's no two ways about it. It. Amen. Sin brings forth death. The sin that's the, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. We have to realize the, the, the consistency of the word of God and the stability of God's word for the right and for the wrong. When it says sin is devastating and sin will bring death, that's what it means. When you knowingly step out against God's word and you go to fulfill the desire of your own mind and the desire of your own body and you step outside the will of God, there are lasting effects. Come on. There are consequences that come with actions. I would to God this morning that I could get through to somebody and tell you the worst day in the church is better than the best day in the world. And I know that you might feel empty now, but I tell you, it's better here. It's better living for God. And what you think is just going to be a moment could turn out to be half of your life. Amen. 
Man, I hear people say, man, I wish I would have come to God sooner. How many's ever said that? I wish I would have gave my heart to the Lord sooner. I wish I would have, I wish I would have been totally committed to God sooner in my life. I wasted so much time. I wasted how many years did I waste doing what I wanted to do and going where I wanted to go. And look at all the waste of time and the waste of energy and the waste of effort. And look at all the pain and suffering that it caused my children. I, I'm preaching to somebody. You're in the church now. You need to stay in the church. Make up your mind this morning. I'm staying in the church. I'm staying close to God. I'm going to stay close to the Lord. Come on, I made up my mind. I'm staying in the church. Come on, does anybody make up your mind? You're staying in the church. The church is not perfect. The church has failures. It's got people in it. People might say things that, that, that you don't want to hear, and they might do things to you that might hurt your feelings. But understand, people aren't perfect, but God is. Amen. I'm going to stay in the church because God's working in the church. God's speaking to the church. God's caring for the church. Somebody say amen. Devastation. I say devastation. They were desperate when they left Bethlehem. But they were more desperate when they came back. Because there's a difference in desperation. There's, there's natural desperation. But it's different when your soul is desperate. It's different when you're empty on the inside. Amen. Naomi makes the statement. When she comes back to Bethlehem, she says, I went out full. But when I came back, I was empty. But I thought there was a family. she left you would think that because there was a famine in the land that she would have left Bethlehem empty but she had a revelation she got a revelation from the mistake that she'd made when I left Bethlehem I thought I was empty but I was really full and when I, when I got to Moab and life happened, I just realized how empty my life had become. Amen. Because there's more to life than money. Come on. There's more to life than, than, than maybe just marriage. Amen. There's more to life than, than just having things and vacations and, and being comfortable in our circumstances here. There's more to life than that. Amen. And there are times in our life where God will not allow us to be comfortable, come on, in our present circumstance because he wants us to be stable in our souls. Because we are more stable when we are in needful of him than we are in circumstances where we have more than we need. Somebody hear me this morning. I would rather be desperate for God. Come on. I would rather be full in God and hungry in the world than full in the world and hungry for God. Because I'm, I'm come to tell you this morning, there is a difference in emptiness of natural and emptiness of spirit. Because when you're empty in your spirit, there is no remedy but God. There is no remedy. There's not enough pills on this earth to take to fix 
fill that emptiness. There's a not, not enough. Uh, I, heard, I heard a guy say one time, uh, the bottom of the bottle is always dry. How many know there's a not enough alcohol in the world to tame the, the emptiness of your spirit? Amen. You can drink all the alcohol there is. You can have all the sex and the pleasure that there is, but you're only going to feel more empty. Come on. You can take all the drugs that the world has to offer. You can find another mate or spouse, but it's only going to leave you more empty because the only thing that satisfies the soul is Jesus. The only thing that satisfies the soul is that living bread that came down from heaven. That if you eat thereof, you'll never hunger. And you drink, you'll never thirst. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord this morning and just feel after him. God, help me to understand, Lord. Give me a revelation, God. Give me a revelation of how good that I have it right now. Give me a revelation of how powerful the church is. Give me a revelation, Lord, of how good it is in the church living for you, Lord. Let me see it, God. Open up my eyes to see it, Lord. Help me to be grateful, God, for the place where you placed me. Somebody say amen. They left. She left full. But when she came back, she was empty. The world has a way of taking what God puts in us. Amen. Sin is a spending state. How many know that's true? When the when when the youngest son came to the father and he said, I want you to I want you to divide to me what belongs to me, my inheritance, and I'm gonna go find my own way. The father said, Go ahead. Here it is. The Bible says he went out and he spent all that he had on riotous living. Because sin is a spending state. But you know, you only have so much to spend until you run out. You only have so much emotion. You only have so much money. You only have so much energy. You only have so much time. The Bible says that he found himself where he had nothing left. And he joined himself to a citizen of that country. Because that's what we do. Let me say that's what we do. He joined himself to a citizen of that country, which joined him to the country. Amen. He, he was in a place he wasn't supposed to be, doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing, spending everything that he had. Wound out with nothing. He's down in the hog pen. And he said, I would have eaten of the husks that I was feeding the pigs. And the Bible says he came to himself. There was a, a moment of revelation, a moment of realization where he looked around. He said, I'm better than Is this really where I was supposed to end up? Amen. He thought he was going to conquer the world. 
Come on. When he left the father's house, he thought he was going to conquer the world. He's going to do it his way. He's going to have what he wanted. Come on. He's going to do what he wanted to do, go where he wanted to go, be who he wanted to be. Amen. And But I come to tell you that the world will eat us alive when we step out from underneath the umbrella of God's protection and the will of God in our lives. There's no protection for your substance. There's no protection for your mind. There's no protection for your body. And it's not too long where you end up empty because when somebody steps out of the father's house and the, the enemy sees them, he attacks them and tries to take everything he can to bring them to desperation and ultimately demise. But I come to tell somebody it's only one decision to get up and go back to the father. One moment where he decided, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back where I came from. Because even the servants in my father's house have food to spare. And he goes back and the father receives him, embraces him, and restores him. Somebody stay restores. Aren't you glad that, that God don't necessarily deal with us based on where we've been, but his plan for our future? He has the ability to look past where we've been and the mistakes that we have made and bring restoration for our future. He restored the son, put the ring back on his finger, put the robe on him, a new robe, covered every place that he had been, shoes for his feet. Amen. Prepared him to get back into the family and live in the father's house. Let me know there's protection in the father's house. Naomi came back. And when Naomi came back, there was a there was a buzz. Everybody knew who she was. Everybody knew where she had been. Amen. She came back. She was different. Let me say she was different. She was, she was marred by her circumstance. And so she brings her past with her when she comes back. She, everything that she'd been through, all of her pain and her suffering, it's, 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 it's residing on her. They, they called her Naomi, and she says, why are you calling me Naomi? Naomi means pleasant or my delight. She says, I'm not Naomi anymore. My name is Myra, which means bitterness. For I went out full but I came back empty. And she, she says, the Lord has dealt very harshly with me. She, she blamed the Lord for how the things that she had experienced, the things that she was feeling, the things that had happened, but we have to understand it's not God's fault. That's a cop-out. Just hear me this morning. If you leave the church and you go to Moab, you're going to experience things that you never thought that you would experience. You're going to go through things that you never thought you would go through. 
you're going to face things you never thought that you would face. There are depths of darkness that you don't even know exists if you're protected in the house of bread. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to some young people this morning. You need to realize the world don't have anything that you need. It doesn't have anything that's going to fulfill you. It seems fun. It seems pleasing. Yeah, there's pleasure in sin for a season. Come on, there's pleasure for a moment. There's pleasure for a season. But when it's time to pay up, amen, because it will ultimately bring forth with it death. And there's no way around it. There is a darkness that you have never experienced before. But I'm going to tell you, you step out of the protection of the presence of God and the house of bread and the covering of your pastor and the covering of their teaching and the covering of their correction. There is a place of darkness and depths of of sorrow that you never knew that you could get to. I'm here this morning to help you, to try to guide you out of that. You need to step away from those things that are pulling on you and you need to give in to the house of bread and say, I know I feel empty right now, but I know God has a plan for my life. His plan for your life is far better than any plan that you could dream up for yourself. Somebody say amen. She said, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Now we know we serve a God that's that's a restoring God. Amen. Ruth came with her. She claved to Naomi. anybody cleave to you? Amen. Have you ever had somebody come to your house and visit and the, the visit was fulfilling? You know, it was, a, it was a great time. You had a great time visiting and spending time with them. And they're getting ready to leave and, and you walk them to their car. And, you know, you're kind of holding on to them as they're trying to leave. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been to somebody's house and you can't really leave? Because you know that they don't want you to leave. Amen. They, they're cleaving to you. Amen. There's, a, there, there's something that happens when you get with somebody that has God. Hear me this morning. Naomi's circumstances seem dire. Okay, church, you need to hear me today. Because if you have God and you're struggling, there's still people that need you. There's still people that need your witness. There's still people that are cleaving to you. You might feel like it's the worst day of your life. You've failed so many times, but there's people around you that are holding on to you, depending on you. Come on, cleaving to you. We got to realize Naomi was out of the will of God. She wasn't even in the will of God. She was living in a different country, but she still had God. God was still pulling on her life. God was still working in her life. Naomi, uh, Ruth claved to her. Amen. I'm going with you. I'm going back where, where you're going. Uh, I'm going. Your people's going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. Come on. I'm where you go, I'll go. Where you die, I'll die. I want to be with because you have something that I don't have, and you have something that this land don't can't give me. Come on. She realized and identified something in Naomi that was greater than Naomi. We have to realize that God is bigger than our lives and just because it seems like things are going bad in our lives we have to realize there are people holding on to us cleaving to us hanging on us depending on us it's more than just about us 
it's about Ruth. It's about your family members that are trying to find God. Come on, it's about your friends and your family that are searching for God. If we go home, we talk about how bad our lives are and God didn't do this and God didn't do that, none of our family are going to want to live for God. So we say amen. Amen. But God is good. And Naomi knew that God was good. Come on. She knew, I just got to go back. I'm just, I'm just going to go back to Bethlehem. I know that Bethlehem is blessed. I know there's a prophetic word there. That's where my life is. That's where my inheritance is. I'm going back. Amen. She was received. Naomi says, I'm bitter. They didn't have anything. A couple of widows struggling. Somebody say, widows struggling. She said, go over to this field right here, Boaz. Boaz owns this field. Ruth, go and glean in this field, and I'm going to pray that you'll find favor in his sight. Ruth began to glean in Boaz's field. It was the barley harvest. They would harvest the field and they would leave the corners for all the widows and all the needy and those that didn't have for themselves. And so Ruth began gleaning in the field of Boaz in the corners. Let me say the corner. Just a small portion. They would, they would harvest the whole field and they would leave, they would leave the corners. Just a, just a little bit for for the widows, for people that couldn't do for themselves. And so Ruth started out in the corner. Let me say in the corner. Just a little bit. Amen. But the Bible says that Boaz noticed her. Somebody say, God notices who's gleaning in his field. She saw herself as a lowly widow. But Boaz saw her differently. She was a Moabitess. She came back attached to Naomi, a Moabitess, an idol worshiper. Come on, somebody. Outside the lineage of Israel. Gleaning in the corner, and Boaz notices her, and he tells the reapers, start leaving her some extra. Start leaving her just a little bit of extra. Leave her some purpose. Focus on her a little bit. Amen. Focus on her. Bring her in. Give her a little bit of extra. Leave, they called them handfuls of purpose or handfuls on purpose. Read it. So they would take handfuls of the, of the harvest, and they'd dump it in a pile for them. Right? Leave a little extra. When they see Ruth coming, they'd leave a little bit. That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. Coming out of dire circumstances. Her husband died. She's cleaving to her mother-in-law. Come on. She's cleaving to, 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 to hope that maybe someday her, her life would get better. But she started in the corner of a field. How many know you got to start somewhere? Amen. When, when she came to, 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 to know that it was Boaz's field and began to have communication with him, all of a sudden God began a plan of restoration in her life. But it was not just for Ruth. It was for Naomi. How many know through Ruth, God restored Naomi? It was Naomi's inheritance, but she needed a husband. 
And the law required that there needed to be a next of kin, a next of kin that would take up the responsibility of taking care of and providing an heir through the, the woman that hus- her husband had died. And so Ruth begins to spend some time with Boaz and Boaz desires to purchase her next of kin. Okay, so, so he went to the guy that was next to kin, that was responsible for her well-being and the restoration of her her inheritance and said, are you going to redeem this? Are you going to, because this is her, the, the, her husband was this person, Elimelech, and, and he owned this land, but she can't have her inheritance of the land until she's redeemed. Are you going to be able to do that? And he said, So he purchased her redemption. He bought her the right to give her the inheritance and restore everything that she had lost. We realize that that's why Boaz is a type of Jesus. Because Jesus was our kinsman redeemer. Jesus is the one that bought the opportunity or the right to give us back what we had lost. Come on. We had lost the field through Adam and Eve. We had lost everything through through death and through sin. Amen. But Jesus bought it back. Amen. He bought the right to, to give us the restoration of our lives and everything that he has desired for our lives. He, I mean, Boaz bought back what Naomi had lost. Somebody say he bought it back. Purchased her. He purchased the right to her inheritance so that he could give it back to her. What a great story. What a great story of redemption. Somebody say, Amen. You know, when people leave the church, that we don't, we don't need to write them off. We need to understand that we serve a God that is a God of restoration. He's a God of bringing people back and restoring what they had lost. What sin took, God wants to give it back. What bad decisions took, God wants to give it back. Come on. How many know he's purchased the right to give you back what you have lost? He's purchased the right to give you back your mind. He's purchased the right to give you back your heart. He's purchased the right to give you back your body. He's purchased purchased the right to give you back your family. Come on, that you might be fruitful in the kingdom of God, in the house of God, and, and, and experience the blessing of the Lord for the rest of your days. It was the desire of Boaz to give Naomi back everything that she had lost. Why? Because he loved Ruth, and Ruth is a representation of the church. Come on, he loves his church. He'll do whatever he can for his church. He'll bring us back. He'll feed us. He'll lift us up. He'll He'll edify us. He'll protect us. Why don't you stand with me all around the building? Lift your hands to the Lord and thank God for his word. Come on. Thank God for his redeeming nature, his restoring nature. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you could come to the music.
couldn't possibly hit every detail of the story. And I want you to hear this. Ruth married Boaz. Somebody say Ruth married Boaz. But Ruth was a Moabitess. Not anymore. Somebody say not anymore. Because of her connection to Naomi and the love that Boaz had for her. She became an Israelite. And through her, he married her. They spent some time together. And she had a son. And they named that son Obed. Let me say Obed. Does anybody know who Obed was? Obed was Jesse's dad. And Jesse was David's dad. Refer to David. Ruth was a Moabitess. doesn't matter where you come from, what you come out of. When you get with Jesus, he will produce something in your life that is after the will of God, regardless of where you came from. Ruth was a Moabitess, no right to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. I mean, no, Jesus was, 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 he said he would establish the kingdom of David forever. Jesus came through the same line as David. You have to realize how power, how, how, how much God knows. Read it from the beginning. You know there's one bloodline you can trace back to the beginning? One. Jesus Christ. Why do they do that? What's the purpose of that? Hmm? Anybody know? What's the purpose of tracing that one bloodline back? Because it's proof that this is where he came from. He came through this line. How many know Joseph, Jesus's caretaker was from Judah and he was in the bloodline of David and the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and that which she conceived in her womb was of the Holy Ghost and the angel said you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins tiptoe through all that time all of those happenings everything that happened that we think 
shouldn't have happened. He took it all and he used it to bring forth his son. Just because we've messed up, just because we've stepped out, just because we've walked away, doesn't mean that God can't work in our lives anymore. How many know that he can take the Ruth that you bring back and he can put her in the body? He can put her next to Boaz and produce an Obed who produces a Jesse who produces a David. His ways are far above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. His ways are past finding out. He can take the bad and bring good out of it. Come on. He can take that which is meant for evil and he can turn it around for the good. Come on. To establish his people, to strengthen his people. Come on. To bless his people. Somebody say amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him it's not just about us. Lock arms with them. Lock arms with your neighbor. You don't have to lock arms with if you're not comfortable. Amen. We're connected. God put us together. Members one of another. I need the church. Somebody say, I need the church. You need the church. You need everything that it has to offer. There's nothing better out there than what's in here. I want you to look at that person and tell them, cling it to you. holding on to you. Might just be husband and wife. Sometimes my wife keeps me connected. She's like, amen. Sometimes she keeps me sane. She definitely keeps me from flying off the handle. How many men know what I'm talking about? Maybe I just need to take care of this right now, Josh. Amen. We need each other. We need the church. We need to stay connected to the church. If you're struggling this morning, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come up before the church to let everybody know that you're struggling. If you're struggling this morning, you need the church more than you ever have. You're not struggling because you're connected to the church. You're struggling because you're a human. And we all struggle from time to time. But I need the body of Christ in my life. Come on, I need to hear the worship and praises of God's people. I need to stand in the congregation of the righteous and I need to feel the presence of the Lord like they do. I need to hear the preaching of the word. I need to hear God's word go forth. I need the anointing of God to flow and touch my life, cause me to see what I need to see, hear what I need to hear, and understand what I need to understand. I need the church. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning. Close your eyes and say, I need the church, God, I need it. 
can do it. Makes all things new. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would restore hope, God, for those that have lost it. Restore faith, Lord, for those whose faith is wavering, God. Restore strength to those who seem weary. God, direction to those that seem lost this morning. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. I open up this altar this morning. If you want to find a place to pray, just call on the name of the Lord. This altar's open. I urge everybody to find a place where you can reconnect with the Lord. Come on, help me to get through this season. Help me to get through this dry season, Lord. Give me direction, Lord. Give me a word, God, from your lips. God, I don't want to do anything, Lord, without direction from your spirit. God, without you ordering my steps. God, I look to you this morning with all of my heart. I don't want to make decisions in my low moment, God, that are detrimental to my future and detrimental to my family. God, help me, Lord. Order my steps in your word, oh God. I lay my way before you this morning, God. I pray that your word would be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give me clarity, Lord, I pray. Give me clarity. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. 
If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.